0: match de préparation le 12 juillet ils joueront un match amical face au Havre, le 17 face aux Irlandais de Shamrock Rovers
1: Come on Gary, you said you always wanted to see Paris
0: Government The test of eastland episode 127 and uh it's me gary p and of course the prof car hi everybody we the, the are with are back yeah the rovers are back and we're still sponsored by the fantastic ocean electrical for all your maintenance domestic and industrial needs all electrical work is uh covered by these guys are fantastic and uh, if you need anything done let us know we'll get get you in touch with them
2: the Rovers are back, the Barbers are back. I got my hair cut, I'm calm, I'm relaxed.
0: The Prof is a happy man, he's well groomed and he's looking good. So, we've got an interview with Manchester City and former Rovers keeper Gavin Bizzuno And coming up later on, we'll talk to Mark Lynch, who is the club's media officer and resident cup hoarder. <laughs> and uh, he'll be talking about the restart of the league, so it's something that we really want to talk about. Just tipped his debut, isn't it? Yeah, I was just thinking that. It definitely is, yeah. Quite the elusive art board, are quite elusive, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's only one place to start, and that is the membership drive. As the club have said, there's no better time to sign up, and the last week or so has been amazing. Prof, you are an official member as we speak, as we air. I'm a member, <laughs> it's uh, it's insane the amount of people that have signed up. So, as of Tuesday, we've had 72 new sign ups, including four rejoiners. Uh, including the likes of Steve and Australia so overseas members are coming back on board people kept putting up screenshots on Twitter of their welcome to Shamrock Rovers members, clubs, emails and then it just it just bombarded the whole of Twitter with all these member screenshots and uh, like Tommy Call said he said late night actions aren't always the bad ones so we now stand yeah. at over 450 members 454 members hashtag get in the club
2: worst decisions have been made over a few cans late at night Tommy Certainly, certainly
0: that is the case. But this is a stunning surge in members. I mean, it's something that we've been trying to do for a while. We've always promoted the members corner. We've always tried to get people involved. And now we've over four hundred and fifty four or 450 over. Like, it's crazy.
2: It started off as just a cool thing that was happening. Maybe Oh, like, maybe, here's a dozen people now. Then just became a giant boulder, unstoppable boulder.
0: Yeah. Over the course of four or five days, we got... The guts of 50, which is insane. So, um, Do you know, it makes you feel all fuzzy inside what when you, you, when you get the email
2: and it goes, Dear member,
0: <laughs> dear, dear member.
2: Um, it seemed like it started out of fear of not getting into the ground because of these rules. About <laughs> that's how, what it was.
0: Yeah, everybody piling in
2: knowing it's gonna be 500 yeah. people max. This rule about only 500 people in outdoor gatherings, and uh, but it then became like a a snowball of goodwill in a
0: way, didn't it? Hopefully everybody sticks around as well. And um yeah, so it's nothing but positive vibes at the minute at the club.
2: For me personally, I've been a season ticket holder for ten years, so the timing just fell right for me. And uh I I've been wanting to do it for a while but the timing just fell right. Everything just the, the stars aligned I didn't uh, uh, didn't
0: see it as a conformist now, prof, you know. Want to
2: go <laughs> along with cool trends. In case you're wondering, yes, I've been doing. I've been conducting all those members' corners interviews, asking people why they became a member and what you would say and all, whilst not being a member.
0: Yeah, and you were just gathering info for yourself, yeah, convincing yourself silently. But um, yeah, so like I said, it's been fantastic. And mm. if you are interested in, and you want to take the plunge, this what other way could you be convinced mm. than with this massive surge of members? So the Me- club.
2: Uh, yeah, me and Karen uh, Stafford are demanding our car park passes.
0: Yeah, I see. Barney, uh, Barney has adopted the. What? What? I don't know. Have you Have you noticed his posts recently about being a member? Yeah. It's quite cavalier, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> he's feeling the privilege. Yeah, yeah. He's cracking me up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the club we were meant to host a virtual members' event on uh, Tuesday night with Stephen Bradley and Macphail, and they will answer your questions on Zoom but the town hall meeting on Zoom was postponed out of respect for Derek Arnold who sadly passed away so Derek had supported Rover since his early teens in the late 60s he was a member of the 400 club since moving to Tallis so uh, I say rest in peace to Derek and condolences to his family so it took nearly four and a half months prof but we have a return date for the League of Ireland it's curtailed season of 18 games in total which was a which was a, a sticking point and a starting point and an ending point and all sorts of discussions were being ha- made on it and certain clubs wanted to do certain things, certain clubs wanted it null and void, other clubs wanted over 27 games but we finally have 18 games in total resuming on July 24th. Will I tell you and predict what the next big argument will be and no. it's possibly going to happen in the next 48 hours or 36 or whatever is what way we we're going to return to the fixtures. And it's it's plain and simple to me. Fin Harps at home and then return for the second round. But I guarantee you, somebody will want something different. I don't know why
2: clubs want to complicate things. You oh. have a fixture
0: list. Just continue it. So you're in the boardroom, it's like, okay, Rovers, what do you want? Uh, well, we'll just continue on. Oh uh, yeah, we we don't want that. Yeah, we don't have a home game for
2: three weeks here in November. So, uh, no, scrap the whole thing.
0: Yeah, so it's like, okay, well, Rovers, what do you want? Okay, well, we'll do something else. No, 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 we want what you just said. We want the original. So it's it's just these <laughs> stupid childish bullshit, which is going to happen again. So that's the prediction. But, uh, yeah, so four months, it was a big one. But the big issue of course was a relegation format rovers were the only one of the 10 premier division clubs who didn't support the one up one down and the rovers and the fourth division clubs made a vote of 10 to 9 in favor of a playoff between the team second from bottom and the fourth division runners up and that was the decision made by the national league <laughs> executive committee on june 30th i'm laughing here you probably know why the feo ratified the proposal a couple of days later despite some controversy and a number of Premier Division clubs were unhappy. Sligo were particularly vocal in the media.
2: You know, their treasurer said they felt railroaded and mugged.
0: Yeah, I don't think um, he he was convinced it was a three-two vote. Am I right? Um, well, the, the and the vote tipped the scales, whereas mm. it was five-two. And, and remember, the NLEC was a five-to-two vote. Yeah.
1: I've said it before, and I'll say it again.
3: Democracy simply doesn't work.
0: Yeah, so I think from what I heard he thought it was a treaty to vote, but either way there uh Noel Byrne's in for a bit of criticism, but
2: he's my hero. <laughs> now we're we're not ones to spread rumors and false information on the show, but what I heard was that during the NLDC meeting, Noel Byrne at one point grabbed a representative from, from Sligo and gave him a German steel plate. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Through a table on fire. Yeah, <laughs> the the sniper no the sniper born, I mean, he one shot, Leon the professional. He he I would love to have been a fly on the wall at that meeting. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall. Well, uh,
2: Sligo's argument all along was uh half the season, half the punishment.
0: Right, tell me this though, if Sligo had the same start we did, are they are they gonna argue for the same the same outcome? No. no. That's why
2: all clubs would were never gonna agree. Because if they're, if they're just going to argue based on their league position,
0: then that's just pure self-interest. Which is power for the course for League of Ireland. The, um, I know nothing has won at all, and it's I know there's not many games left, but obviously we will be as re- regarded as title contenders up there with some other clubs. And uh, the banter and the crack is kicking off, and work already tainted titles, I'm hearing. I actually love it. I oh, love it. Give me that asterisk. I welcome the asterisk. Even the the certain clubs with rubber medals over clerical errors.
2: We're actually going to do it by completing all our games in the season, though. Right, do you know what Even I think I'll do? I think I'll do, little,
0: I think I'll do a little bit. Pats and Sligo to go down. Rovers to win. How about that? What a perfect world. Nah, Pats will sneak and in. And us to get the relegation. the never relegated manner in the process.
2: So Sligo and Pats are going to up their game against us. More than any other club, which yeah.
0: basically every season ever. Yeah,
2: normal service. Yeah. I love this call from Barney on Sligo. Uh, he said, "Imagine getting that triggered over another club who are nowhere near you geographically, nor in the league table, or even in the role of honour list." Weirdos. Summed up, summed up in one. The ever eloquent Barney. And here's another from Garrett, uh, Garrett Brennan. He said. We were all sorta of worried that you know that two days between the the the, the vote and the FEI actually ratifying yeah, it yeah, where yeah, all, yeah. all that uncertainty. And we're we're all going back and forth in the chat, it was like, Oh no, we'll just rumble on and then out of nowhere, Gary just calmly goes There's gonna be four weeks of coaches giving out shy and then they'll do as they're told.
0: <laughs> yes. And it certainly was the case. <laughs> Notre Dame there.
2: They're not allowed to say codies anymore. They, they can fuck off. I think gingers mm. is going to be next. <laughs> I love that. I also love that around the same time as all this news had come out about the the glamour friendly with PSG, so all the criticism from from other clubs fans on social media, they were lumping the PSG thing in
0: with this. Oh yeah, they were. I think they even went down the road. They were saying something like, oh, yeah, we're all struggling while Rovers go off and get all the cash in France." <laughs> I was just there going, <laughs> yeah, just hook it to the veins. I know, yeah. Hook it up. I have another quote, actually. Uh, this was
2: this was a view. I think it must have been a Sligo fan based on the word he uses here. But he goes, Great to see Shams are talking about a friendly in Paris after screwing over the rest of the league. The rest of the league hasn't a pot to piss in, but that shower can afford to swan off to France. Only every other club was given a free stadium, and free money.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a free stadium, and free money. It's probably the most expensive fucking stadium to rent in the whole league. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's been an eventful week, I'd say on Twitter. And even ran like we like we said before, even randomers and work were coming up, and they were like, "What is going on on Twitter? Why is why is everyone hating Rovers?" <laughs> I said you'll find though. But uh, yeah, no Some more good news. Um, FAI Cup will still take place, uh, so thank God for that. And there's no no difference because they're just gonna cram it all into a couple of weeks like they usually do. Yeah. And the quarterfinals are held over the after the league campaign is over, which will be interesting, multi. Interesting to see how um, how that runs out. So, the, yeah. Only the quarters will be starting after the after the league is over. So it'll be cool.
2: It um. But it gives you, gives you something to look forward and play for, especially if you're, say, you're mid-table and you're in the corner. me, I mean, quarters. the group
0: stage of the Europa League that went... You know uh,
2: something that annoys me, right? Uh, I don't know if you heard James O'Toole on the RT Soccer podcast. He contradicted himself in the same sentence. And I was actually... I pulled out my earphones. I just started screaming. He was like... <laughs> he wanted more playoff places. More? This is before the announcement came in. Like, he said he agreed with the one automatically down, two going to playoffs. And he was like, we need to give the first division clubs something to play for. And then in the same breath, he said he agreed with scrapping the FAI Cup. Hello? Something to play for? The FAI
0: Cup? The most prestigious trophy we have.
2: You could get to the quarters or semis and you
0: might fluke your way into the final. And you could end up in Europe. And he thought that that was the case. Who's this dude? James O'Toole? James O'Toole. Mr. Hadrian. Do you know what I used to love as well?
2: I, I I did a lot of research into the 60s at one time. I used to have a Twitter account called Pella 50 years ago. So I, I'd be constantly oh, yeah. going through the reports. And I used to love every January and February, everything was geared towards the first round of the cup, right? To the point where every club, no matter where they were in the league, they could be bottom or second from bottom. They would gear towards the first round of the cup for weeks they would sign players for the cup they would actually like sign players from England just so they could get past a few rounds in the cup just and so maybe win regarded, it like, and maybe win it
0: Was th- would that be similar to I was only looking at some other players' histories there and there was some totally random guys playing for the likes of Cork and I think there yeah even that was, was a, that was the 70s especially yeah.
2: that was the whole era. Like it shows you how
0: how big the cup was, and we all mm. like Mick McCarthy, the senator, who would tell us mm. about winning the cups in the sixties and how how important it was.
2: Yeah, I
0: suppose that you could argue
2: against me and say, well, in the last uh, five or six seasons, it's been Dundalk, Cork, and Rovers in every final. Yeah, very true. So that is the the pattern at the moment. But like anybody can win it. I mean, first, exactly. First division clubs have won. But uh, yeah, the driver twenty six is still on. Eighteen twenty six with an asterisk. Eighteen
0: twenty six with the asterisk.
2: And uh I think on Wednesday they said that a steering group were gonna trash out the finer details. So maybe some of these things have already been known by the time you're listening to this, but it's Friday morning here as we're recording this. But five subs are gonna be allowed at once to like how they're doing it in um
0: Yeah. In England. I agree with that.
2: So, Brazier might do oddie an and Bring on five at once.
0: I'd like, I'd like that to remain, the five subs. Yeah. No water breaks. No water breaks. I don't. I don't. I, that kills the play as well. It's like a timeout in basketball. Um, Would you need it in Ireland? Did we get. I don't think so. Warm here, I, three weeks you, a year. Yeah. Do you need it in England? Like, I don't. I think it's unnecessary. Hmm. Um, do you remember who our first ever fourth substitute was? Oh, Davy Mack. Yeah. Yes. In Stockholm. Davy Mack. Um, someone's someone's going to make history. I like that. So we—it's uh, going to be like a 14-year-old Dutch. <laughs> so we got some bad news on Thursday. UEFA ruled that all European qualifiers in 2020 will be played behind closed doors. So,
2: yeah, I know a lot of us had horrendous
0: bu- news. A lot of
2: us had booked off that week and all.
0: Yep, absolutely horrendous news. Considering it was twinned with the PSG news as well. So. so it's been a good couple of weeks, but then that that's just kind of two bad stories in a day, kind of knocked the stuffing out of us.
2: Yeah.
0: But I can guarantee you there's, there's still going to be a horde of hoops traveling abroad. If we do end up playing it with the flick of the coin or whatever way it, it's worked out, uh, we're guaranteed to travel.
2: There's going to be all sorts of applications going on in for assistant chefs and assistant kitmen. men.
0: Yeah, that's it. uh fluffers and buffers and everything <laughs> you wouldn't know what is going to happen and considering we're talking about um psg and the league resume we have our uh mr mark lynch coming on so uh mark is gonna run us through the past two weeks and all the trials and tribulations that have roshan mcgroves have been involved in okay so we're joined by mark lynch rovers media officer and the fourth ever board member to appear on Tifties, but he's making his debut today himself. So Mark, we heard Jonathan Roach on Off The Ball saying that Rovers were considering the sporting and integrity of the league rather than self-interest by voting the way we did. He said Rovers didn't want to change the promotion and relegation system because he felt it would impact the competitive competitiveness of the league if only one team would go down. So talk about the voting process and how it all went down. Yeah, there
1: seemed to be a lot of... Uh Confusion, maybe some misinformation going on around that. um, Ultimately, the the decision process was uh, vested in the uh, NLEC. So that's the National League Executive Committee. And that's made up of five clubs, of which we're one, and two independent FAI council members who are part of the make-up, the group of seven. So ultimately, that was the vote that counts. The... The the meetings that were held in advance of that between First Division Clubs as a group and the Premier Club Alliance, um, they they were just, I suppose, gatherings to form an opinion as to what would be the preference of of the various divisions. However, ultimately, the decision-making was vested in the uh, NLEC. So not that the club's contribution didn't matter. Obviously, that was a guide. And if the clubs obviously had a a unified decision premier and first, you know, then it would have probably been been looked upon favorably by the NLEC if that was something that worked for everybody and obviously for the FAI. But that wasn't the case. and there was a split uh, of opinion and uh, or in opinion and um, and we we just we maintained the status quo we, we We've been consistent since the start, if you remember. Stephen Bradley did some media interviews early in the uh, in the in the in the COVID uh, period before we even uh, got back to training, and we've said from the start that we just wanted the restart of the league. Uh, we assumed it would be on the same basis as we left the league in February and or in March, sorry. And uh, it was only late in the day that the format and uh, and it. It's, it's, discussion on a change of the format uh, arose and um, you know obviously various clubs had different opinions which uh, they, they felt and they, um, they, they voiced their opinion uh, our position was the same as it was when we started the league two up um, sorry one um, uh, up automatically uh, and a playoff from the first division and obviously the consequences on the, the premier teams uh, at the bottom uh, for the playoffs and relegation, so so look, it's a non-story really in that in that regard. We we just been uh, straight down the line, and that's the position we held, and we that's the, that's the one the n l e c went with as well.
0: From the podcast perspective, now we thought at first we thought it could possibly be a joke that they actually wanted to change the format. So we 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 were we were shocked, thinking like there's actually no point in doing this whatsoever because obviously some of the clubs that were in favour of it. Didn't have a great start and financially it mightn't have worked out for them, but it's it's something that we just thought we were shocked at and we, we thought it was a piss take. So, but yeah. Sligo claimed that there was anger among the top flight sides slides, slides about Rovers adopting a club position at the National League Executive Committee. So, what was your reaction to all the media coverage? Well, in actual fact, the, the um,
1: that Sligo position again, I think that's informed the the NLEC members be they a Rovers representative or a draw representative or whomever um, they' they're supposed to take a view for the better of football not their club's position they're not they're there because they come from a club but they're not supposed to represent their club on the on the um, on, on the NLC in in terms of having uh, views mm-hmm. uh, they, they they obviously have views so and don't sound stupid however, When it comes to decisions around the structure of the league, it's for the better of the league and the the game and not necessarily their club. And that might be difficult for some people, but that's the way it is. And I think it's right. Otherwise, you know, you could have five different opinions, everyone going different ways, and you'll never get a decision. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, all clubs are never going to agree on anything, are they? I mean, if you look at like this weekend, the Moldovan League even returned. So we're the only summer league yet to resume so it really just had to be resolved immediately
1: it it? did yeah and it needed it needed some some direction you know the clubs gave their input needed leadership and and uh, some decisive action and gladly that came um and now we await the fixtures which we hope maybe today if not monday um and the uh it's already been uh, in the media that the fixtures will have a probably the same order uh, in terms of who we play next and so on so the same as where we left off in march but, but uh has there been any the rumblings about there would be spread between fridays and monday has there been any rumblings
0: um, about the, the um, talking about a different set of fixtures it's something that we've been talking about and like like we said we didn't think that there would be any discussion on the change in the format Of the two up two down Via one via playoff But now We're thinking it's not Beyond the realm of truth Like it's not crazy To think that they could want To change The fixture list
1: Yeah yeah I suppose they could Shuffle the pack That's it uh, And come up with a different um, Schedule Or a different sequence of games But um, Look There are 13 games to be played Um, That's Whatever way they come Is the way they come Uh, I, I would imagine for the sake of just getting things uh, back going, it, they'll stick with the same sequence. However, as you said, you know, there's been mentions of, it, of, a, of a reshuffle. I, personally, I don't think that's likely,
0: but it's possible. Yeah, so I'm sure the I'm irony gonna... wasn't lost on you that many of these First Division clubs who supported only five months ago made us public enemy number one of the Rovers B team issue. So um, remember the First Division Alliance?
1: Yeah, Rovers too, Gary. No, not big. <laughs> yeah, oh,
0: sorry, we uh, we have to get that right. <laughs> so you were are, there? was some sort of unity between the Force Division Alliance and and Shamrock Rovers.
1: Well, it, that's again. I, I, I you know, Rovers media sorry, to qualify this for for a few uh, soccer writers and football writers. And um, our position, as I said at the was the same all along. The first division clubs had a different position and um, they actually aligned with our position and this isn't a you know uh who's the fastest dad competition but uh if you've been watching Peter crouch you'll you know what that means um but this it, our position was something that the first division clubs um wasn't that you know what their initial preference was something different they actually had a quite a Complex uh, proposal, which would have involved increasing the league, the Premier, to twelve teams next year, and so on. And um, so that that obviously they moved from that position to to the one that, that was adopted. I wonder. So there was no formal alignment. If that's
0: not yeah, the question. yeah, not to
2: me. One thing I'm curious about is uh, in the meetings, how much discussion was around possibly? Uh, wiping out the first five rounds of games wiping out the points Tally because I, I can't understand why that idea would even be entertained in any league
1: yeah I look like, I don't know I've I nothing to add on that um, there, there are lots of ideas and suggestions floated but look the important thing is the NLC, and the FBI ratified the decision uh, of the NLC to restart the league on 21st of August uh, 31st of July and that's that's the important Um, all other notions or crazy ideas uh, can be put back where they
2: came from so the football is back will you be celebrating with a 50 euro
0: bottle of deadly mount gin?
1: (laughs) I don't drink gin
0: (laughs) ever the diplomat Um, people might know that the updated fixture list but the time they're listening to this so it sounds like it will pick up where it left off so Finn Harp's at home Dan McDonald wrote on Thursday that the fixtures are going to be spread out so about maybe two games on Friday with an early and a late kickoff, two games at different intervals on Saturday and the final games of the series on a Sunday or potentially a Monday so only 500 people are allowed in the Tala Stadium that's including players, staff, officials, volunteers podcasters so uh, explain how that will work and what sort of restrictions are we looking at In place here
1: Well we, we haven't got That that specific uh, Info yet The protocol on, on match day operations Is being formalised There was a draft Done Very early In the Covid stage um, Building on the German uh, League's experience And uh, That was That was very detailed Obviously it needs To be detailed It's very clear And and lots of conditions That you probably Wouldn't have thought of um, So So our version of that will be made clear in the in the coming days. I suspect um, I actually have a, a, a media officer Zoom call with all the with the FAI host as the with the FAI as host with all the the league clubs um, media officers this afternoon at one o'clock, where we're going to be updated on the um, the schedule, the streaming, um, and and the other protocols. So I guess that's in the media sense the start of the process of of learning how this is gonna operate um but it will be restricted there's no doubt about it as we understand it's it's a it's a maximum five hundred i think need clarification on that um from the government in terms of you know um is that inclusive of all the technical staff and and so on and media uh, and um, and things change you know because I noticed an article there yesterday that the uh, in the Danish league, they started with two or 300 as the um, sort of maximum amount, and that went quickly to 500. It's now 8,000 in, uh, I think it was Brøndby, 8,000 in the sta- stadium with capacity of 28,000. So, you know, things move very, very fast, but all dictated by the,
2: the COVID health updates. You mentioned uh, streaming there. Our, our service, our streaming service of the game in Cyprus was a great success, of course. But will it all be overseen by the FII with the revenue shared out? And are we confident it will be of good quality?
1: Yeah, I'd be I'd be quite hopeful and confident. Uh, it will be of good quality. You know, the, the, what's been pitched to us by by the league is a uh, is a guarantee of you know it's a, it's a it's a professional streaming company. Camera people are of of you know. TV standard uh, grade, and uh, you know, I've no reason to doubt that that it won't be uh, as good as we would want it to be. So, inclusive of graphics and um, commentary, obviously, stadium sound won't be much, but there will be stadium sound. I, I, I suspect, in terms of, and uh, um, we've probably gotten used to this, watching the German, Polish, English league now behind closed doors, and. Uh, don't think we'll be playing the, the fake fan noise anyway
2: <laughs> um,
1: but um but uh look the, the streaming product is going to be great I, I need to clarify does it include overseas because we have a number of overseas uh, members and obviously a lot of overseas fans Um so we have to check on that that geo and um, if geo blocking is isn't, isn't a factor and um and I'm I'm hopeful that it's it's a it's a proper product. What what we I'm led to believe is that it will also be league wide. So subscribing to the uh, season ticket actually allows you not just the Rovers games but all okay. games.
0: Excellent, excellent. So the my my good news uh, story of 2020 is the membership drive and uh, 454 was the last total we had, and this just skyrocketed for us. And we were so something that we kind of touched on. I think maybe. Maybe a year and a half ago, where we spoke with yourself about getting more members involved and talking about it on the show, yeah. and now it's just gone through the roof. So, uh, tell us a bit about that.
1: Well, look, the, the whole the whole idea was just to provide you with more content for your members' corner features. <laughs> 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 uh, no, look, in a general sense, I genuinely want to say this because, as you know, we're we're all fans too. Um, the the response of the fans in this period from March to now been phenomenal. Across the board. Everything from the, the tragedies that we've experienced as a group, the Rovers family, you know, is isn't just a phrase. And um, you know, from the from day one the Finn Harps game was cancelled. The, the Covid shutdown came the day of that game. We had whatever number of hundreds of programs that Roberts gets produced and we sold them online. Dave Hilliard and Robert and myself put that together and they all sold out fans bought them because they knew it would help that was day one and subsequently you know we've we've lost some some great stalwarts of the the club you know Big Deck most recently indeed um, Derek Arnold only only he's the most recent unfortunately and now uh, we've lost Anthony McDonald Alex Ryan AJ Walsh like it's, it's and the fans, the response of the band for Anthony's Go funds to the turnout at Dex's funeral, um, it's just phenomenal. And um, the, the Go funds that, that was set up by Paul O'Brien, uh, Wayne, and, and uh, Pat Junior, and um, you know it's nearly thirty grand. The quiz night, you know, we all participated in acting. That. that was was a great success, great fun. Um merchandise. I mentioned it says with Umbro we're the biggest Umbro club out of the league and uh, continue that the range just has been extended as you've probably noticed into women's ranges. We've got shorts with pockets, seem to be a big deal, so they're there now, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and uh, and and more new stuff just just since since last uh, week, um, and and indeed tomorrow the shop uh, we sorry Saturday for those who are listening and whenever you're broadcasting this. The shop will be open on Saturdays. Uh, it starts Saturday, but um, this week, restricted hours and restricted access as usual. It's it's essentially half ten till three o'clock. The first half hour for at risk and um, priority uh, customers, and then from eleven to three for for everyone else. And um, it's just you know the the fans, the members drive, as you said, Gary. Like we're up twenty percent. That came out of nowhere in a week, and I think it shows. It's another example of, on top of everything I've just listed, and um, that the fans have rallied around the club.
0: It's been a phenomenal um, response in in hard times. Yeah. It really has, hasn't
1: it? We even got Carl Riley to sign up. I <laughs> yeah. mean, how did that happen? How did that happen? The pigs flying
0: all over the place, as you said. <laughs>
1: So look, it, it's it's brilliant, and 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 also, can I just say as well, during the lockdown, like you know, on social media in particular, and I'm you know heavily involved in that, and but the team of of volunteers who contributed to putting together uh, the, the things like the quiz, the players themselves, you know, doing all the training drills, we've got uh, endless amounts of requests for happy birthday greetings or special greetings from a player. They delivered them all, and. Um, I guess the hoop the piece the best one to 11 morphy conmorphphy's been all over that the facebook watch of previous year's matches and the on This day features that Robert put together and um, you know it's, it's it's all been brilliant and and uh hopefully has given everyone something to cling on to for the last three and a half months and uh, as we wait for the for for, for the end. Uh, The reopening so look the membership drive was a fantastic success it's not over continues anyone can be a member at any time and we encourage people to become members because as you know Gary's been a member of many years now it's 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 more than a club I think is the phrase I hate it's
0: a state of mind as we say it's a state of mind
1: give you that feeling it's more than, than than signing up for it membership of the gym <laughs> or <laughs> some sort of group it's 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 a feeling of belonging so the modern area
2: well mark my next question was going to be partly a francais because we were meant to be jetting off to paris to play glamour friendly with psg in a week's time but are we going to miss out by three days because the government announced this so-called green list until july 20th yeah
1: i'm afraid there won't be a paris match um those of you like the style council, you know what that means. Um, no the uh, look, the PSG opportunity was fantastic, um, such profile for the club, and I can only imagine what it would have meant to the players to to play against some of the best talent in the world. Um, but we can't travel, and unfortunately, we won't be in Paris.
0: I think it was a case of either restarting the league or going for a glamour friendly. There was no, there was no question about what we were going to choose.
1: Well, it, yeah. To be honest it wasn't really one or the other it was the travel restrictions are what they are so yeah this the fixer fell within the uh the window of of the travel restrictions and um, it would it would have been something we could accommodate otherwise um mm. but fantastic to be to be asked and um, fantastic to be of by, by such a big club
2: we have a couple of questions sent in to us which is strange because we didn't even advertise this or invite any questions but this this comes from anonymous How did they come? I don't know. It comes from anonymous. And they plant. There's a leak in the camp. Uh, This person asks.
1: And I see a
0: sniper.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This person asks: Is it true that a cure for the coronavirus would be found before my robber's protective mask is sent out to me? Uh,
1: That's a very good question. (laughs) Very good question. These face masks have made the slope over from china uh, and <laughs> seemed like an express train um the uh no the 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 the, the um masks actually are in dublin they're, they've got the suppliers on wednesday and uh, today is friday they're arriving in the shop this morning and they will be available i know this is going to go out after saturday isn't it i think you said that yep yep yeah, well they'll be if you if you wanted to collect them in the shop tomorrow, you could. If you had known about it. We posted it on social media earlier in the week. However, everyone who bought one on the pre order system, um, the post will be made uh, today and tomorrow. Um and Gary Parsons knows how quick that works. Um That's can it. Can you fast track those, Gary?
0: Listen, me if you had it enlisted me and the prof in the first place, we would have had them done and dusted and all so <laughs>
1: Well, look, I haven't, I haven't actually got a physical uh, example um, of them. Obviously, they said they are really good suppliers, but uh, I've, I've, I've seen, um, I've seen a, another, another version of them, uh, not the Rose one, they're, and I think they're very good. I think they, they have this uh, Velcro strap back, which means uh, I'm told it helps that uh, when the mask is applied, that uh, doesn't cause that much pressure. On, on the nose area which seems to be a concern for a lot of people because the Velcro takes a lot of the uh, strain. Yeah. So look, they're, they're great designs. I hope everyone's happy when they get them. Um, still available and will remain available. In fact, we reordered more of the uh, black masks that, that have uh, sold out. So keep, a, keep your eye on the Rover Shop online shop. And, uh, and just to boys the matter, actually big up to, uh, to Ross in the shop uh, who's been Manning Things uh, from his home and uh, fulfilling orders and so on. So, you know, uh, everything that the club has done in the admin during the lockdown has been great and uh, um, keeps the keeps the, the, the machine working.
0: So, finally, last question, and it's from the senator, it's from Mick McCarthy, and he asks, "Where is the cup?"
1: Well nick mccarthy i spoke to earlier this week and i told him i've got a very big surprise and by the time this is aired he'll probably have received
0: his surprise <laughs> so he'll have the answer to that question <laughs> yeah, excellent excellent listen mark that's it for this week and thanks very much right thanks mark okay
1: take care lads bye
0: See ya. yeah so that was mark uh keeper of cups and um mm-hmm. wearer of Non existent face mask. But Carity is relentless on Facebook. He is, isn't he? He is. Give, give the guy a break. But that was Mark. Oh, no, no he, don't. No, keep, keep asking. <laughs> it was fantastic <laughs> stuff. So, all, I mean, pretty much every bit of info you needed was relayed there, and there's nothing else to talk about. We've been given the whole, that was the whole of Rovers COVID 19 summed up in a short mm. interview. So, uh, yeah, that was it. Okay, so more news now, and the Ultra's forum went down. I didn't even notice, bro. It um, came back and went down again, and all in between the time we did our last show. <laughs> oh, without you noticing. <laughs> yeah, there you go, yeah. It went down, up, and down again. It's, jeez, uh, it's, it's not very active at all um, nowadays, is it? No. It's something that's died a death, and it was brilliant back in the day.
2: When I came back, I just threw up all the podcasts again, just for, just for the benefit of Tahoop and who else is mainly on the forum rather than Facebook, but
0: uh so the junior hoops as well we have an unexpected treat last week with many of the activities being cancelled or postponed their 2020 membership has been extended completely free of charge until the end of 21 2021 so you will also uh as a new member as well so just join up it's for nothing pretty much so uh some fantastic news from the junior hoops and as usual they do fantastic work
2: Junior Hoops, uh, taking a page out of our book of generosity in a way, Gary, I think. Uh, we paused our Patreon in March. They obviously saw that and got inspired.
0: I I mean, they... I think we were the inspiration for the Junior Hoops initially because they just, when they were listening to the show, they were thinking, they give so much. They give so much to the community, to the Robbers fans. We just need to do something. So I, th- I think somewhere there's an acronym in there that is TIFTIES. But they didn't want to be blatant and say, oh yeah, Tifty's Junior Hoop. So they want to totally dedicate it to us. But we are their inspiration, you know? Especially for Bill. Bill. Good old Bill, eh? Sounds a <laughs> <with> you. <laughs> um Yeah, uh, delivery, a sweet delivery service. You you, you all you guys with sweet toots out here. Now this this guy, this is just totally random, right? So it's called Luke and Snacks, right? L U C A N S N A X. That's on Instagram. So I obviously have sweet too, and I decided right, I'm gonna get a big munch off this fella. So he rocks up. I love this for you and not your three kids. Hey, yeah, but they got some, man. Yeah. They got a few. <laughs> so sweets and stuff, and I ordered a few bits. And the kid pulled up on the bike, handed me the goods, and he said he listens to the show and he loves it. So I was just like, oh, I ended up giving him like a tip, and I was like, yeah, we're all friends now. And it turns out it was. McNamara, it was John McNamara, the former former chairman. Yeah, turns out it was his nephew. Really? So, one of his obviously it's along the line, but massive, massive Rovers fan. So, he is a he's now the official sweep provider for Gary P on a Saturday <laughs> night. You'd love to see it. Yeah, love to see it. So he's take a whole South Stand loyal. And I said he's a, he's a spot on our bus whenever he needs it. We've uh we've learned all sorts of new things lately. Uh, Barney, this, this is Barney's third
2: mention in this the show already, but uh. He can make paper jerseys.
0: Yeah, I this thought is, this was
2: brilliant. This is a skill he acquired in school uh, when he was, let's just say, not working or studying.
0: Yeah. Actually deadly because yeah. he didn't actually go through the whole process of it. It's just whatever way he has a couple of pages of A4, he has them torn perfectly into a jersey, coloured in, the sign and everything. So yeah. uh, it could be a new segment where we could have an, a, a visual effect with Barney making. It's like Art Attack with Barney. <laughs> we will have clothes on. Let's just remember that.
2: For our first game back in Tala, I want, I want to be hit with a paper airplane, right in the head. I'm like, what the fuck? What's that? Did that happen? And then I open up, and it's a robber's jersey.
0: This does this happen? Did that happen already? Someone got hit with an airplane, a paper airplane? Can't remember. Right, that's I don't know why that's ringing a bell. Um, I will say though Barney
2: uh, wrong crest, and it was shocking. Yeah, I want, I'm one of these uh, crest Nazis now.
0: A crest Nazi. <laughs> Chris Nassi SC's. Yes, the Chris Nassi... Nassi? Um, yeah, a uh, former uh, host, I could say, James Cook, has made a few additions to the Ro- to Rover's Jersey's Man Cave. Now, we, we hosted it with uh, Mick Bourne mm-hmm. in, in the Man Cave. We had a great time smoking cigars, drinking whiskey, but he has totally renovated it. And it's got jerseys upon jerseys all signed all framed up on the wall it looks absolutely fantastic so uh we will we will be looking to have another show there again i reckon prof we'll have to sneak in if you
2: listen to that show that was uh nearly two years ago now but uh at one said you just sort of say okay we're back or we just took a little break there and you sound totally different <laughs> because we had a 40 minute break just of you smoking cigars and drinking whiskey a, you, a fine, a fine whiskey. Your that. voice is just all you change. It's like, oh, we're back anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> put fifty years on me, <laughs> but it was seamless in the recording. It just carried on. Ah, oh, brilliant! Yeah, It was usually A great time. Um, ah, the main man, Antonio David, his best eleven, and he, uh, he, Dan Connor and goal, back of Richie Bourne, Terry Palmer, Darren Kelly, and Pascal Vaudaquin. He'd midfielder, Paul Ozan, Paul Hegarty, Eddie Gormley, Shane Robinson and Liam Coyle and Noel Hunt up front. So, um, a very talented starting eleven there. Is that the first time Robbo's been picked? I think so. And he as a winger as well. So, he would have been around mm. for uh, Robbo's uh, nippy winger days. Although, a lot of the people doing it have been sort of after,
2: Robbo, after Robbo's first battles. You know, the likes of Ricer and Finn. Yeah. Or no
0: we have never seen Liam Coyle play either no I heard, heard he was mm. very very good
2: oh he's considered one of the best strikers ever in the league and him.
0: Eddie Gormley as well supposedly was fantastic both feet he could do it all mm. Um. yeah so that's a big Tony O'Dowds starting best 11 uh, 6 ex-hoops players from 2009 onwards have done video pieces listing best 1 to 11 they've played with at any league of world club and all have chosen Alan Maness, who 11 years later remains our number 1 so that is a mm-hmm. serious bit of, bit of stat there so was a cool
2: start there on Monday. Bradzer was officially four years in charge. I saw that. That was great. Still remember the game. Robs, Rowan, Amy. In terms of uh, longest reigning managers, I've a little landmark coming up soon. Not Ooh. quite there yet. Maybe towards the end of the month.
0: Keep it on the. But I'll,
2: I'll keep stum about that for now.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you can announce this next one. I don't care about.
2: Yeah, gladly. Uh, Damien Duff. Who? Was appointed the Shelburne under-17s coach and do you know who I blame <coughs> for this? Oh, <coughs> failure. Sorry, what? Do you know who I blame for this? <laughs> Gary. <laughs> Gary chased him off to
0: Celtic and back to Shells. Listen, he, I think I think ultimately his downfall was he didn't put on the show. Realistically. I mean, everyone else, look at Bazuna, came on the show, Man City signed him. Uh, I'll, we'll leave it at that for the time being. <laughs> but... I mean, it seems to just propel people to start him But
2: I could just see Duffer in the, in the Talga bar looking round. Right, he's not here. <laughs> Thank
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for me to stumble upon him with some stupid fluffed question. Uh, yeah, so that's him going to shells. Um, John Sheridan was appointed the new Waterford manager. I was checking out his stats yesterday. Uh, his playing career was pretty good. I remember him Premier League stickers. That's why. That's why he, he rung a yeah. bell. Is his managing career has been. Falacci at best. He's been all over the place. All them, yeah. All them um, new parts. Just, a, just he's been mm. bouncing around, and he hasn't had any consistency. But listen, it remains to be seen. It's, it's a high-profile signing. It
2: is. It's a bit of a mad one that he's appointed manager, and uh, Daryl Murphy is supposed to be returning home to join them as well.
0: My take on it is he has to be an in-law of power he married his sister or something like that one of those John
2: Giles at Rovers yeah he's
0: like come on man just do it will you like your family (laughs) (laughs) one of those
2: I found myself doing a double take in the Herald article writing about Dara Murphy because it said they're going to sign Dara Murphy to boost their European ambitions I just thought have I missed something were Watford even considered to be a top
0: half team before the season started Well, signing Dara Murphy and having Brian Murphy and go possibly, it'll keep you up. Brian Murphy will keep you up alone. But did they? Should sure, hold on? Isn't isn't Michael O'Connor gone now as well? Yeah, he officially left. Graham Cummins left. Graham Cummins left by mutual consent. That was yesterday, a couple of days before. So they they're sparse as fuck. Like they've 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 a small small squad. Is Brian Murphy not meant to be going to Dundalk. There you go. I heard it, I heard a few rumors about us as well. So. Hmm. Um, yeah, we'll move on now to uh, the Bitter Reds. And they, they did raise a few quid, I'll give them that. They well, raised a few quid. More than a few quid in fairness. Um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> You're not going to announce it. I'm not going to give them any air time. I'm going to say the figure, I know. Nah, buttons, buttons, buttons. Nah, we leave it to them. Nah, listen, they got a lot of publicity. We don't need They no did, video. yeah. Uh, they were flying without wings. <laughs> I think it's some shit life puns. Yeah, so which brings us to Sligo fan Amos Sweeney's article on the Irish Independent. The League of Ireland fans need to grow up and know their place in the pecking order. This was disgraceful. An an unnecessary jab and a bloody nose for the League of Ireland. Hmm. Totally unnecessary. Well, the headline was actually worse than the
2: article itself. But the headline was clickbait. And the article itself was just lazy journalism because it was apples and oranges comparing regular League of Ireland game attendances to one-off county GAA finals and racing events.
0: Do, does he watch football? Who compares those things? Like you said, apples and oranges, it, It's you can't compare them at all. The only aspect you can compare, it, not even supporter culture, you can't even compare it like that. It's a crazy, crazy, ill-informed, lazy, journalistic view of... Of, and it, maybe he was bored And he had nothing to write about And he decided oh, I need to be controversial It's really disappointing To read as well But what's the Like
2: I, I appreciate uh, Realism As much as the next guy But what's the point In using language Like Grow up And all this
0: Exactly Like what or Like we're, As if we're doing Something childish As if we're doing Something wrong
2: No Nothing wrong with Dreaming that one day Our league will be like Well run And have crowds of Seven, 8,000 every
0: game. That's it. That is the dream. And without fire, obviously we want to get to a point where we don't have to get that and we never want to be that successful. It might sound crazy. But, um, yeah, no, you have to have ambitions. You can't have a glass ceiling, you know?
2: Every time I open an Eamon Sweeney article, I think about the League of Ireland, I always think, oh, here we go. He's going to say the word shams and he's going to purposely ignore our European <laughs> run in 2011. <laughs> and second paragraph Shams then later on he mentioned Dundalk's run 2016 should have a bingo card and not Eris yeah. every time like you're just a poor poor journalist if you can't hide your bias. yeah there's really other journalist in the totally Herald agree with you. Herald is a Bowes fan Hayden Fitzmaurice he's excellent I've, I've read articles by him where he's critical of Bowes and he's just he, he's totally down the middle hmm. Or, Amy Sweeney can't do that he's, he's done things before That read like Amateur blog posts Compared to <laughs> The prof is
0: Stripping down This the, fella
2: Compared to the better Journals in this country I'd say
0: It's cringy Ho oh, oh, ho oh, oh. ho ho The prof has got The gloves off Um Yeah so that was That's the Sligo uh, Saga The Irish League Was wrapped up um, A couple of games Before the split Linfield were Confirmed champions Um possibly beans blown too early there (laughs) bit of a Celtic situation bit of a Celtic let's not talk about the war okay? (laughs) let's not talk about the war or the asterisks asterisks but the interesting thing about this is uh,
2: like for example Holland just ended the season dead even though they had a final to play and they said right no final even the Irish League is wrapped up but they're going to play the semi-finals at the end of the month behind closed doors at Windsor Park Cliftonville are in there, by the way.
0: I'm guessing there's yeah. some sort of Linfield influence <laughs> within the IFA. But I th- going back to the Dutch league, I, I that baffled me. I've spoken about that before. I couldn't believe that they actually wouldn't even play the cup final, even though the teams were decided. Yeah. Like, why didn't they do it? Why didn't they just play the game? I just couldn't get my head around that. That is crazy. <laughs> it really was. It really was insane. And it would it, really piss a lot of people off.
2: Just staying... Up north, if that works as a segue. But Derry, interestingly, they're going to be allowed uh, home fans from August. Like they're like they the rules of Republic
0: of Ireland gatherings doesn't apply to Derry. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. But that saying that we might not even get into the country. We couldn't need a visa. <laughs> it's foreign territory. And
2: for the same reason, their government sub or our government subsidy didn't apply to dairy either, so they haven't been able to avail of that.
0: Jesus, uh, that's I never thought of it like that. Yeah. I'm wondering if we hoovered up a bit. of it. Uh, Staying up north once again. Ian Barclough is the new Northern Ireland manager, and that has been uh, quite the arc of a career, isn't it? It's it's pretty mm. impressive. He
2: was the one's college yeah. for a good while, wasn't
0: he? He's doing. He's do, he'll, I reckon he'll do a good job. Taken over from uh, MON, mm-hmm. whose stoke were thumped last night, 5-0. So he has a real, real task on his hand now. I think he's level on points with the team below. Him, and they're just hovering above the relegation zone. So it's pretty much a toss-up between him and the team below. I'm not sure which one. But they got a big win big win the week before. Yeah, it was huge, mm-hmm. massive. I think it was against Barnsley. They were in the relegation zone with them. But they were smashed 5-0 last night. So hopefully he does... Go to great escape. It'd be good to see him get a few quid and a budget and then push on in the championship instead mm. of just being brought in to save them for relegation, you know?
2: I'm going to put a sneaky bet on them to go up next season because Oh-ho. if you look at Michael O'Neill's career, his second campaign, he, get, he starts working miracles. Yeah. Rovers title, Northern Ireland, reach the Euros. It's all but that that's, that's the best the, the bet of the season
0: now. Yeah. Props, tips. And he could come up
2: against uh, Stephen Kenny in the playoff final. For a place of the Euros. So it's crazy, isn't it? It's like a 2012 League of Ireland a rematch. Back, <laughs> back when Sligo Rovers Football Club were relevant.
0: Oh! <laughs> Rob is throwing digs today. He's out swinging. Which is very true. Uh, irrelevant little club. You can stick your clickers at your torso up your arse. Um, so Chris Andrews, I uh, guess on our most recent show, he's been asked by Mary Lou... Represent Sinn Fein as the party's spokesperson on sports and uh better a man really. He's uh, like we said, we hope hope he doesn't end up in another prison in, in Israel. That was a wacky can, story. That was nuts. And then he decides, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go back and sneak in through the back door. Sneak in through the arse of Israel through Egypt and get in again. As you do. As you do, yeah. Oh it's not as if you were like held at gunpoint with semi automatic machine guns the first time. And your flotilla was ram-raided. <laughs> what is this guy up to? He's well, a great yeah. guy. And, um, yeah, so it should be interesting to see his thoughts and, and views on uh, being the spokesperson on sports. Hopefully all rowers affiliated.
2: As Maloney said, he could be our future minister for sport.
0: Yeah, there you go. Imagine that. Imagine <laughs> that. All the grants.
2: <laughs> that was our, our political episode last week with uh, Chris. Yeah. One Rovers fan actually said to us recently, they're especially joining the show without the football which oh, i found interesting
0: really maybe because it's filling a void i suppose we are yeah we are talking about also it's a muck and mm.
2: crap so in fairness yeah. it's a little bit different i'm listening to more podcasts these days than ever before like mm. a crazy amount
0: what do you, what do you listen to i i just finished louis Theroux, His grounded episodes and they're all very very good I listen to most of them yeah uh the did one anyone you were telling me to listen to that I, you yeah. you actually listened to that before me i thought that was very good he was very he's very uh, candid wasn't he yeah the very, way he spoke about very, very his family open. life yeah like uh, the, stuff his, the stuff about his dad was fascinating that was brilliant i was loving it yeah and even actually when it comes back to more more podcasts as well is what i'm looking for is we were recently speaking about on one of our whatsapp groups would be the left-sided the left-leaning groups in uk who would be antifa orientated and things like that who would be trying to fight the fash as they say so we had some cool stories about that so I'm looking for some podcasts on the left sided groups who wanted to take on the fascists and the EDL and stuff like that in the UK so if anybody has any recommendations please send them on our way because we actually are big podcast fans as well you
2: know what I absolutely loved the other day uh, it's a few weeks old so I only got around to it now but uh, Donald Fallon on What's the Story podcast
0: oh I didn't hear that he was great they They've gotten before us two excellent podcasts combined, and <laughs> Donald is brilliant. I really yeah. love them. they're quick, they're not they're not too long. They're just the right, the, the right like thirty eight minutes every so often and like the I think I listened to at least six in a row on one long shift yeah. before, and all of them are fascinating.
2: I've read the first few, yeah, they're excellent. sometimes I find myself more interested in one topic and not so much another whereas this was just this was an hour and a half of just him just talking all sorts of history and just randomness about the history even even the history of viruses Now he was talking about well, i to give you my hot take
0: yeah. on mm. on donald fallon's liberty and armand boys episode that is the origins that is where the original hooligans came from because <laughs> you had the armand boys who were the northsiders they were the dubs so that's that's, that's bows and you had like the liberty boys who were who were loyalists and they were loyal to the Queen. So that was the Liberty boys. So all you Liberty lads out there, that would have been the Protestant side of things, and they all used to clash, used to beat the shit out of each other in the city centre. And that was where the kind of gang warfare developed. And that was in the 1800s. So that's the origins of football hooliganism. Where well, they- not football hooliganism, but origin of gang warfare... And then it kind of morphed into northside, southside, And then you had the f- clubs, they came in. then It just all got tribal. So that's my hot take.
2: Where did the, the tenements and the inner city lads listen, fit, fit into all this? What about Tutty and Fielder?
0: Yeah, yeah, Tutty. Well, Fielder's moved on up in the world, but yeah. Tutty's still a slum rat. So, <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's a bit much, is it? I stand yeah. by my
2: comments. Donald said, he's probably exaggerating here, but he said that, look at a couple of years ago, and there was only about six Irish podcasts.
0: Yeah, well, I wonder what the one of the first original ones was. I must check that out. He said the Irish history. The Irish history
2: one, yeah. But uh, that's my, he said two years ago. We're going three and a half years.
0: Interesting, isn't it? Mm. But there's some really, really good ones out there. We're,
2: we're, not, we're not the oldest football Irish podcast by any means, but
0: we're, we're one of the first League of Ireland when, when we did start, we couldn't name one. Think of it like that. Extra time around. There was a couple of them, like maybe. Us and League of Ireland weekly yeah. started at the same time. And they weren't—they didn't really explode either. They hadn't really exploded. I mean, obviously Joe Rogan was huge, but it hadn't really exploded. So once again, hotbed of talent, D12, pioneers, prof.
2: Yes, I listened to one yesterday and it was like a seminar on how not to present the podcast. <laughs> oh boy, what was so bad about it? It was a review on a TV show, like, uh, I like. Think, I think they're brothers. And, um, one of them just talked really fast for a minute given his theories and all what he's seen and the other guy would just go yeah or he'd say yeah i agree <laughs> good content there bud <laughs> <laughs> but the man thing was i've i've heard i'd heard a few episodes before that and the other guy is actually more interesting when he says something
0: so i was just shouting at him i was like Stop! stop please, just, stop please just talk, talk. I'm just saying yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just dying from this talk. <laughs> Another one I found as well, since we're on the topic of it, might as well have a little chat about it, is, you know, do you know Corby Enthusiasm? Yeah, yeah. Jeff Green, the manager. He has a podcast. It's Jeff, Jeff Garland. Now that is what, well, that interested me. That tickled me straight off the bat. So, so what it like? Does he have guests on? I did, yeah, he just has guests. He <laughs> has Larry David on it. He has uh, a couple of others, but I haven't. That's on, the. I just finished Louis Theroux. So that's going on next because I I just, I've only recently found Curb and I'm obsessed, absolutely obsessed with it.
2: Yeah, I'd only seen the first season, so I have to get back into it now. Oh uh, man, it's, it's, class.
0: S- it's absolutely fucking brilliant, it really is, it's up there, it's, it's I'm binging on it, Like I haven't binged on anything in a while, so mm. that's keeping me going. But that's been the podcast section, Puff.
2: Imagine you and I came on here and I just, you just talked shy. and I, I made. that, and, not,
0: well no, you mean I continued to sorry, talk yeah, Sorry, I
2: don't imagine, just... Experience the reality of this podcast. <laughs> you talk shite, and I just made one-word statements for an hour. No,
0: we'd die a death, wouldn't we? We'd we'd go out on our swords. Um, we do have an alternative podcast coming up soon enough when things do get back to another state of normality, you could say. But we will, we will be going delving into the world of TV and movies, and uh, there'll be a couple of once-off shows. So that's that's something to look forward to. Um, yeah so we'll move on keep on with the football and we're going to talk about Gavin Bazunu our teenage wonder kid who uh, was snapped up by Man City and the prof caught up with him so uh who has given like he has given us a lot of good memories like I still like like you said we're speaking with his, his dad because his dad works in the job now and I was talking to him about Sweden and dealing with the the massive crowd of ultras behind him and how he started to juggle the ball with his feet, and he was just so cool, calm, collected. The penalty save and in, in Cork, like all these little things, just just had had him really highly regarded. So it was a it's a player that we we, we really knew we weren't going to hold on to, wasn't it? That was always going to be the case. Mm. After he had a couple of good performances, we just thought this guy's going to get snapped up. So
2: it's only six games, but as you say, great memories. Brilliant, yeah. So we have Gavin Bazunu. So Gavin, you're you're about five or six when you joined Shamrock Grover's, So talk about growing up and loving football. Were you out playing whenever you could?
3: Uh, yeah, definitely. Like I suppose um, when I was younger, every every day coming in from school, uh, just going out playing on the road with my mates. That's where, like I suppose, that's where I started to love the game. Just going outside, and kicking a ball, and then going down and training twice a week with Rovers in uh, the Dutter Park. That's that's where it all started.
2: I was reading that you only became a dedicated uh, goalkeeper for Rovers at under 14s level, so had you played in any other positions on the pitch?
3: Yeah, I think uh, by that stage I played almost everywhere. Um, I can't really remember exactly where I started off but I just remember playing a lot of different positions from under 7s all the way up to under 13s and then I remember uh, going in goal when I was uh, at Leicester Celtic um, and I was doing okay there but I still didn't really enjoy it. But then when I came to Rovers uh, in under-14s, that's when like, I kind of went full-time in goal and I started to enjoy it a lot more.
2: And you've been going to Rovers senior games while being part of the academy. So do you have any special memories of games or players that you saw in Thalla?
3: Um Well, yeah, probably... Best memory would be the Real Madrid game. That was um, that was probably the first first big Rover's game I can I can remember going to, and um, just to see them playing like that team full of the Galacticos and like it was weird because I suppose after that game it just made me appreciate the Rover so much more like just how. Jeez, like they nearly held Real Madrid, one of the best teams in the world, to a draw. Like that just made me think, geez, look, look at the team that's right on my doorstep. Like, and uh, I started to get to know the players that were playing at that time a lot more. And thankfully, when I went to play in the academy, I got some of them as my coaches, which is brilliant. So I got to know them.
2: I actually saw a great photograph of you as a kid with Stephen Bradley's arm around your shoulder. That was around two thousand nine or ten when Brazzer was a player, so that was a, a sign of things to come. So, what did it mean to you to be part of the club in those early days?
1: Um, like,
3: yeah, the, that picture is from a long time ago. I think I've seen it, and um, I don't know. Like, I suppose um, when I was younger, everything was about oh Shamrock Rovers, uh, playing on a Friday, Shamrock Rovers on a Friday going to the matches in Tallah stadium and like just to be able to say that I played for Shamrock Rovers I loved it and I loved just being able to go out and play on a Saturday or or Sunday with my mates and be out training train it on ter- Tuesdays and Thursdays or whatever day it was and just really enjoying it and like at that time like even now Rovers is Rovers is the big club around here
2: you had an impressive rise through the club's youth system you actually skipped age groups so actually had to cover for both the 17s and the 19s for a time do you remember one weekend when you played in galway i think it was on a saturday and then traveled to cork the next day
3: yeah yeah i remember that well um i traveled down to uh galway with the uh, under 17s and then i stayed in a hotel with my dad um that night um after the game and we, we had to get up early and he drove me down to out to Cork and then I played the next day with the under-19s which is is brilliant so I don't know, like at that stage I wasn't even thinking about playing two games in two days, I was just thinking like more games, more games I just loved it I
2: remember when I first realised you were going to be in Stephen Bradley's plans, it was actually the George Byrne Memorial Quiz when the whole squad were a part of it and in watch the, the six foot goalkeeper everyone was talking about, you were still only 15 at the time I think so you remember that conversation with Brazzer at the start of 2018 that now you're going to be in around the, the first team?
3: Um yeah, so I think I think it came about when um I would have spoke to uh, Jonathan and I think Jonathan Roach and he would have spoke to my parents about the the agreement with Ashfield. So when when they started speaking about that Agreement of me going to Ashfield. That's when they decided, oh yeah, like I, I could go in and start training with the first team that summer. So I remember I was I was so excited over the whole summer to to get started. And I remember like the first few training sessions in was just unbelievable. Like it was just walking into, walking into the dressing room of the players that I'd been watching for since I was like I don't know six or seven, and it was just a bit surreal at some like. It was just a bit weird.
2: So your first team debuted home to Bray in June. As I recall, you had uh, virtually nothing to do in the game because they had a man sent off very early on. Yeah. But nonetheless, what do you remember from the build-up tour and the occasion itself?
3: Um. So, like I remember, I didn't find out uh, I was playing until about an hour and a half before the game and the team meeting. And, like, I suppose at that stage, it was the game was so close, I didn't even have, really have have time to get too nervous. So, like, I found out I was playing, um, and then I had about half an hour, 20 minutes maybe, to get changed and go out for the warm up. And as soon as the warm up started, like, I was comfortable straight away, like, in, in Tallah Stadium, the music was playing, just I was in the zone, I suppose. And obviously, when Oh, when I came back into the dressing room to get changed, um, all the lads were brilliant, just wishing me the best of luck. and like that I had it. Everything was going to be good. So when when the teams are walking out, I remember like, jeez, like this is this is my dream to play in Talla Stadium? Like I've I've wanted this for so long, and just tried to embrace it. And I suppose like yeah, the the sending off early on, uh, really helped because I didn't have much to do. I wasn't under much pressure um so it was a nice game to ease into for my first game
2: the penalty save in Cork that must be a particularly great memory memory for you I love the thought of you stretching down to your right to get a hand on it Rovers fans behind that goal as well going crazy
3: yeah definitely that's I'd have to say that was one of the one of the best moments I had um in the Rovers shirt um just yeah like the adrenaline at the time I suppose at the time I didn't I didn't think much of it I was just thinking like oh, where where's he gonna go where's he gonna go and then just making my decision and committing to it and then I don't know I suppose the, that, that next five ten seconds kind of just flashed before me I can't even really remember it just the save and then the rush of the adrenaline and then just the rest of the game I suppose it was I suppose after that it was just in my head like I've, I've saved the penalty now, so I have to make sure I keep a clean sheet and hope hope we score. Like, we didn't end up scoring, but I was still delighted that we, that I kept a clean sheet. So and I remember that very well.
2: And then you became Robert's youngest ever player to play in a European competition, breaking a forty-year-old record. So Alimanis had returned to the club at this stage, but you were keeping him out of the team with your performances. So the week. Leading up to Aik, the gaffer was under serious pressure at the time, so it was a brave call for him to make. Could you sense how much of a selection headache you'd given him between you and Big Al?
3: Um, I'll be completely honest. I can't really remember the training sessions in between the games. Um, but I do remember. Like, I think that shows that like I didn't, I didn't really think about it too much. It was just one game after another into training work hard and train and wait for the team selection and then if i was if i was picked to play just play as well as i could but i don't think i was overthinking about whether i was going to play too early on in the week or not and i don't think any anyone had mentioned whether i was going to play or not so i just trained as well as i could
2: and obviously showed great faith in you as such a young goalkeeper to play on such a big stage
3: yeah definitely and I'm still thankful for that and uh, I suppose like one of the big things that the um, like, gaffer would have just been saying to me is just to play my own game, not to try to do anything different or anything special just to do what I'd been doing and training and that's that's what I tried to do
2: the second leg in stockholm robbers weren't weren't uh, highly fancy to beat them in 90 minutes, but we did, and we're quite unlucky to go out an extra time. I think you had played an under-17s game in front of about 50 people in calls a few weeks before, and now here was 8,000 in the Swedish national stadium, so was the crowd intimidating?
3: Um, I actually, I, I think the crowd helped me that game, if anything, I, I think I was able to, it was able to settle my nerves, and I was able to feed off the the stadium and the crowd, and um, just, just really enjoy it. I suppose when I walked out, like the, the fans were quite loud, and I loved it. I just, I wanted to. I couldn't wait for the whistle to blow to start the game. Um, I suppose that it just created that atmosphere, and it, it, it kind of washed away the nerves. It, it kind of made you just want, want to play, and um, it got the adrenaline going. So I think. When when I walked out for the warm up and there was a, there was a fan started coming in and I suppose instead of getting a bit nervous, I was almost trying to calm myself down and not too excited too early. But um, yeah, like I still still remember the buzz in that stadium. It was brilliant.
2: I was there that night myself, and I just remember me and the hundreds of hoops around me, nearly laughing in disbelief when you started casually juggling the ball in your own area just to waste a bit of time. You're sixteen, and you seem to be treating the game as just another match. So, is that a sort of headspace you got into beforehand, or what helps you remain composed?
3: Um, I'm not too like I suppose, like I said before, like trying uh, before the game, trying not to depending on how I'm feeling before the game. If I'm feeling a bit nervous, um, trying to just let uh, take a step back take a few deep breaths and just calm down and then if I'm getting too excited almost do the same thing just take a step back take a few deep breaths and just um not to get too overwhelmed too early I find the warm-up helps me a lot when I go out uh, for the warm-up and like I almost just treat it as another training session and I don't even like I don't even notice uh, the crowd or the, the stadium really it's just um, go about it as another training session and then once you get a good warm-up in that's that's where you get the confidence comfort, comfort from and I suppose when, when you go into the game you're just doing whatever you think is best at the time so that, that's what happened.
2: So four consecutive clean sheets in the league and then the, the league's player of the month award for July so that just capped a whirlwind a few weeks for you didn't it?
3: Yeah, it did definitely the I wasn't really expecting the award the awards, but when I won it I was absolutely delighted.
2: So in October twenty eighteen a pre contract agreement between Man City and Robers was reached. You were in high demand, you know, Spurs and Chelsea were believed to be in for you at one point. So talk about flying over to Manchester with your family to sign terms and meet the Academy director Jason Wilcox.
3: Yeah, so I think I think after I played the European games, um, things kind of got a bit crazy with a lot of uh, rumours and stories that went out, and I had I had no idea what was true and what wasn't true. Um, I had been speaking to my agent a bit, and he just he just I trusted him to have everything sorted, so I wasn't like reading up too much upon like what what was being said. Um, but yeah, when he said that we we could go over to Manchester and, and see the place. Um it was it was amazing. I remember the first time we drove into the academy, it was almost like being in um I don't know, the the Disneyland of football. You just go in and there's there's pictures on your left, pictures on your right, huge dressing rooms, there's a a mini stadium inside the training ground. I believe. Well, so I just remem remember thinking like this is this is where i want to be this is the next next step for me so i don't know like it was it was brilliant when i went out with my family i really enjoyed it and um went to watch a match in the etihad as well um city beat Huddersfield 6-1 um and that kind of just capped it off i thought yeah this is this is where i want to be i
2: believe you were watching ederson very closely that day
3: yeah definitely and you uh, got an assist that day and I remember just thinking, "Geez, like uh, I want to want to learn from him. I want to see how he does it."
2: Well, Big Al once scored a goal in his career as well, so you've got a, a lot to live up to.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: But you completed the move earlier than expected. There. Originally, the plan was for you to stay until July 2019 and see out your education at Ashfield College. But then arrangements were made for you to continue your studies and work towards your leaving start in Manchester.
3: Yeah. So plan was um that I would go over in in July once I'd finished my leave insert um and over over a couple of months I think City e. said they wanted me to come earlier um so I think they started organizing how they could um have have tutors for me over there that I'd be able to still complete my leave insert um and thankfully between City, e. Rovers and Ashfield college they they were able to um make some sort of agreement that would allow me to finish my education over in Manchester while still completing my leave on cert. So that was brilliant. And I think that was really important that I did that because that first six months really helped me settle in at playing under-18s football while also um, finishing my education. And I think I don't think I'd be in the same place I am now if I didn't have that six months to just settle in, really.
2: So you were seeing from out from the eighteens to the elite development squad, that's the under twenty threes, you played UEFA youth league as well. So how do those games compare with what you've been used to?
3: Um I thought I think the the youth champions league and the under twenty threes league, I think it's very it's extremely different to what I'd experienced in Ireland in terms of the first team football. Um I think there was a uh, less emphasis possibly on uh, just going out and getting three points or going out and getting a win and it was more, the name says, develop development, developing the players, um, trying to play in the right way, trying to play the city way. <laughs> the way they wanted to play because they have such a strict way of playing as you can see. Uh, with the first team and it's a very brave and risky way of playing so obviously there was a few mistakes along the way but um they've only helped me learn and understand more really about the the way they want me to play
2: you mentioned the city way there is that something you are going to work on work on your footwork
3: yeah definitely so i suppose i would have always been quite good with my feet since i was i played outfield for so long um but when you go to city, it's um, it's a different level in terms of the speed and the vision. Like you need to see passes extremely early, and then you need to have the quality to go and play those passes. You have to be brave with your starting position. You have to play high, and um, you have to be able to play on your right and your left. So all these small things that took that took a long time to work on. I'm still working on now, um, just to like to really improve your game, really.
2: Then you were brought on the first team's pre-season tour of Asia in the summer by manager Pep Guardiola after only a week of training under him. Uh I know you travelled with the squad for a Premier League game as well with Southampton. Hampton, so what's it like being around superstars like Kevin De Bruyne and what's what's Pep like to work with?
3: Um, so I mean, like, almost similar to the situation when I went first went in with Rovers, like you're going in and you're seeing these players that You've been watching on the Premier League for years and you just think wow like and then that's just when you see them and then when you see them on the training pitch like it's a different story like you see you see every how everything goes up by another two levels almost everything's twice as fast as what you're used to everything's twice as more powerful than you're used to and it takes you like it's it's very difficult at the start and you almost have to just go back to basics and not overthink too too much, um, but yeah, working under working under the staff that are there, like the goalkeeping coaches, unbelievable. Um, you learn so quick quickly. Like if you listen, to you should on board. You'll improve so quickly.
2: And Pep, in particular, what what's he like as a manager?
3: Um, I'd say he's he's very like intense in terms of. He knows the way, he knows what he wants, he knows the way he wants to play, um, and he's very good at communicating with the players and getting the best out of the players in the training sessions.
2: Uh, I know you were back home with your family in Furhouse for the break because of COVID-19, but moving away and living on your own in Manchester, we've seen some Irish players in the past get a bit homesick early on, so how have you settled into life over there?
3: Um, like I said earlier, that, those first six months from January to July really helped me because I was back every two or three weeks for school, so I was never away for a really long time. And then when the season started with the under-23s, um, around August, September, that was the first, first time I was away for a couple of months. And there was, was times where you're a bit lonely because I don't really know anyone over there apart from inside the club, but... That's all that's all part of getting used to it and now when I go away I'm I'm, I'm comfortable I love it over there so I, d- I do miss my family every now and again but that's that's just normal and I, I do speak to them quite regularly over the phone so it's and they they are over every couple of weeks um, whenever there's games on so it's it's not too bad anymore
2: And in your dorm on site city's training center you have a hoops calendar Hanging on your wall I believe, along with a team poster yeah, that you were a part right, of. Yeah. So you haven't forgotten your roots.
3: No, 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 yeah. Rover's gear all around my room. That's uh that's what it is.
2: What else is up on the wall? Um
3: I'm trying to think now. I think I have um a few pictures of family and friends, like you said, the calendar team photo. Um I think I have a few a few jerseys hanging up um some some ireland jerseys some city jerseys yeah i think that's it
2: and i was reading in the same interview that the spanish lads aren't too fond of the music you play
3: no no i don't think so i don't think they appreciate some of the some of the irish songs
2: they so got the likes of christy moore and the wolf towns
3: yeah that's right that's right
2: and it was stephen rice and pat flynn who got you into that sort of music
3: yeah yeah P- Padjo was a uh, big influence in that music I remember on a lot of the away trips um, with the under 17s he would, he would have loved that music and he would have got me into that
2: your Irishness is obviously it obviously means a lot to you you have several caps for the Ireland under 21s imagine you have ambitions to play for the Ireland senior team eventually and it's good that you've already played under Stephen Kenny so he'd know what you're about should that happen one day
3: yeah so like i've I've I'm born in Ireland um grew up watching Ireland like I'm, I'm Irish I want to, I want to play for Ireland uh, so hopefully if I can keep keep developing and keep working hard that I'll get the chance one day and yeah like you said I play played under Stephen Kenny last year um and he's a brilliant coach to work under really enjoyed it um so hopefully I'll get the chance to do that again
2: your younger brother Todd is the goalkeeper with the Robbers Under Thirteens uh, as well, so we might see another Bazunu in goal in the near future. And Tada,
3: yeah, hopefully, hopefully, if he if he can keep working hard himself, yeah, you never know.
2: That's great, Gavin. Thanks very much for your time today. Really appreciate
3: it. No problem. Thank you very much. Best
0: luck to you over there.
3: Thank you. See you now.
0: Bye. Yeah, so that was Gav. And uh, what what a what a mature young man. What a mature, level-headed. Eager to please, eager to learn, young individual. Like, that's yeah. effing, that's that's your, not your average footballer, let's be honest. When he turned 18 in February. Like, him talking about the six months, helping him to develop was, was brilliant and fascinating for me. Because a lot, of, a lot of kids get just chucked into the mix. And that's when the homesickness kicks in. And that's when they struggle. That's when football takes a back seat and their mind starts to play tricks on them. And they want to go home. They want to be their family. But he was back and forth. And that just kind of eased them into it. So you have to say, Man City are, are, were a big help there. Because not a lot of clubs would do that. Not a lot of clubs would accommodate the child like that and let them go home so often. Mm. But I, I just thought it was a brilliant interview. It really was, Prof. So great. fair play here, Prof. That was brilliant. Thanks, I'm so patting him on the hat. head now. He's getting yeah. a pat behind the ear and everything. No, social distancing he's, tab. He's, get, he's doing that thing when you pat a dog behind the ear. He's like... <laughs> 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 Virtual pat. Uh, yeah, so really enjoyed that one, um, we're going to have to uh, I spoke to him about his, my my experience with his father as well yeah. when uh, he came into the job and he remembers our, how we bonded over our love our I love of programs
2: I love his mother's name uh, Cara
0: Ca- Cara friend <laughs> 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 <is rot>. friend friend <laughs> it's uh, like one of
2: the four Irish words I still remember yeah
0: yeah, so, hold on. Macarja, is that our friends? Macara. Oh, we're talking about tenses here. Mm. Let's not even get in. Let's not even try and speak Irish. <laughs> we will be gutted by any Gael who are listening to this. Uh, yeah, so, that's it for this week. Um, we friendlies behind closed doors. Luke and Cliftonville on Saturday, so hopefully no injuries. And everybody comes out unscathed. A couple of goals, some fitness, match fitness. Like, this is what I was talking about before. That we have a full month of July pre-season games training full on like we should be really sharp coming in to the first game back realistically we have a good background team everything should be going right bar injuries bar little niggles here and there we should be really storming and ready to go come the return of the league when you think about
2: it no disrespect to Finn Harps but I'm glad that'll be the first fixture yeah not something ridiculous like a way to bows where the occasion itself just overshadows everything
0: yeah obviously yeah definitely agree with you um, we don't have the fixture list yet and this is something that we'll, we'll delve into um, when it does come out but um, you might know the fixture list as you're listening to this so it could be out uh, by the time this is released but that is it for this week and um, we're going to have another show before the 31st of July so that is it for today and keep on hoping see ya